Hello, welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm Casey Rossi, your transformative business coach. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. This is Casey here, and I am thrilled to announce my next guest. Her name is Jessica Ace. She is uh, actually my biz bestie. She's an Enneagram coach. She does work in body talk and breath work, and she's just an all-around, very inspirational coach. She is out of South Africa, and I am thrilled that she is taking time out of her busy schedule to share with us some of her work. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me, Casey. Lovely to be here. Uh, It's my pleasure. So, Jessica, let me um, in a little bit on your backstory. How did you get involved in coaching and the type of coaching? I know originally you had done 15 years in the corporate world working on consumer insights. Is that correct? That's right. And I suppose like a lot of people, my story is not very linear at all. (laughs) Um, So, yes, I worked for 15 years in the corporate world, specializing in consumer insights. So I suppose you could say that there was always a fascination with people, why they behaved the way they did, figuring out patterns of behavior and that kind of thing. And alongside that journey, there's always a deep, deep passion in holistic wellness. Mm. So along the way, I'd started studying and started reading and attending courses and workshops. And then seven years ago, I left the corporate world to open a practice as a body talk practitioner. And that kind of evolved. So I learned different skills along the way, eating psychology, breath work, um, and learned about the Enneagram as well. Mm. And then I suppose the road to coaching came about because I saw a need amongst the people that came to see me to take personal responsibility and accountability for what was going on in their lives. So instead of coming to me to supposedly fix whatever was troubling them, um, I started introducing a lot more um, conversation, more partnership, bringing in more tools, um, and that got me interested in exploring the coaching world. So I went on to study that, and that's what I do now. Wow, that's incredible. So your chunk of time in the corporate world, was that in person with people or was that more crunching numbers and analytics and behind the scenes like data collection? Uh, It was very much uh, uh, facing people. So it was in a team environment and my most recent position was leading a big regional team across Africa, Middle East, um, Turkey, So a lot of people interaction and um, I suppose leadership skills. And then the analytical side was more the content side of the job. But um, I wasn't the analyst at the end of the day or the the data collection person in the supermarket collecting information. No, I was was the person who was then translating that into actionable insights for the business. That's amazing. That's amazing. The reason I asked is because all of those years of – um, collecting that data, just probably that that on-the-job training and all the other certifications that you have on top of that after, probably just really primed you to go deeper and to look at it in so many other multi-facets. 
I think that's very true. Um, initially, when people find out what I do now versus what I used to do, they say, well, how does that work? You were a researcher, now you're a coach. But I think the skill set was always the same. So looking for connections, tying together different pieces of information, looking for what was going on beneath the surface. Absolutely. I, I feel like I was trained in being insightful, if that's, if that's yes. even possible. But for sure, I had, I had the groundwork, maybe just used for a different purpose. I think that's really cool. I love how it dovetailed into something and something much more um, kind of deep. It seems like you have a big passion for this. I know that I've experienced your work. I find it incredibly powerful. I think that whether you're trying to kind of go deeper to know yourself or improve how your business relations, um, your work is so powerful. For people that are maybe not as familiar, uh, especially in the States, maybe with breathwork practitioners or body work or even Enneagram, could you maybe just touch on a little bit of each of those and how you kind of combine them together holistically in your work now? Mm. Um, it's funny because once you know something in your mind, it's very difficult to pull them apart. Um, so I definitely don't work as a breathwork practitioner or a body talk practitioner. Um, I would say I use mostly the Enneagram, um, which for those of you who aren't familiar with, it's in its simplest sense, it's a personality profiling system. But um, as you said, Casey, it's so much deeper than that because it looks at um, motivations, belief systems. It looks at the fears that are holding us back. And for me, the most transformative part of it is that it helps us see where we've perhaps been playing out repetitive patterns over the course of our lives um, and living in autopilot in that way. And particularly how that shows up in the way we are in business. Um, and once we recognize that, you kind of can't go back because thereafter you see it so clearly that you feel you feel a lot more capable of making different choices. It, it teaches you to, to step beyond the single-minded view from which you've been viewing the world. So I, I usually use that as a framework for sure. Mm, um, absolutely. It kind of blows you away because like you said, we're on autopilot. We just kind of, many of us get into a pattern or if sometimes even a rut, but we just keep doing what we've always done. And I found with your work that originally I was drawn to it for the business aspect. Like how can I improve my relationships in business by knowing myself deeper, knowing my patterns. And also because I'm so passionate about business without burnout, I was very curious to learn, okay, how do you set healthy boundaries? And you helped me kind of uncover that based on a very strong pattern of my Enneagram type. What I found on top of kind of uh, opening my eyes up to relationships and business, because that's really what business is about, right? It's not so much the commodity or the end product, but it's having these relationships with our customers and clients. All of those skills transferred over to life. And then I started seeing how they showed up in my personal relationships. And whether that was with a best girlfriend or my partner, it was like, whoa, it was so incredible. And it felt like you were kind of unveiling secrets it was really, it's, it's a tremendous tool. Mm, it really is. And exactly as you say, once you start applying it in one area of your life, you see how it's playing out in other areas of your life too. 
because we're one person. We can't really separate our business from our friendships, from any other aspect of ourselves. So when we start seeing these patterns and how they show up, they become visible in so many ways. Um, but I think the powerful part is that it's, it's not just uh, recognizing those patterns because, yes, that's helpful and it can give us a bit of insight, but it's learning what to do about it. It's learning tools that can take you from that place and start making different choices. Start inviting in choices that are more serving of who you are and how you want to be living your life or running your business. Yeah, it's extremely powerful. Like you said, having the consciousness is one thing, but also having that consciousness coupled with an action is really where we start to see big momentum. I know that one of the things, I'll just be very personal, that you helped me work on is being such a people pleaser. You know, for me, it's my first reaction is to say, yes, of course. And I know one of your homework assignments for me is like, you can take a breath, you can take 24 hours, like before you answer and really sit with that. And I really, I really try to utilize that now instead of like responding quick on email or especially with instant message or direct message, we feel like this kind of, I know that I do, and I know that many of my clients have expressed that as well, but this kind of urgency, like they need to hear from me right away. And, and of course, if your knee jerk reaction is to be like, yes, of course, it's really an interesting process to pause and be like, is this in alignment with my goals? Do I, you know, do I feel comfortable with this? So that's been so helpful for me. And just having that shift and that awareness and then really having kind of an expert give you permission, you know, like open up the door to say, it's okay. Like people will be okay if you don't respond within five minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and particularly when you're facing the um, potential for burnout it's so important to be able to stop and look at not just what has caused it in the past, but what is likely to cause it for you in the future. Mm -hmm. And based on your type, what's likely to cause it for you is going to be very different to the next person, depending on their particular makeup. But once we know that we can, we can prevent it. We can, we can choose differently. Absolutely. So for you, you are, can I say your type? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so you're you're a seven, so you're an enthusiastic visionary, which I love. I mean, I think that that's why I just adore you and your work, and I think you bring so much insight, and insight in such a gentle way, and the one thing that I truly love about you is um, you allow the person to discover. You know, like you just kind of shine the light and you allow them to kind of uncover it themselves. You give guidance and expertise, but not in a way of like, you're this and so X, Y, Z. And I really, I really think that that kind of even goes back to what you originally said, that you don't just pigeonhole yourself as a quote-unquote X, Y, Z. You're integrated in your work. You have lots of layers of expertise, and you bring that to the person, to the client, where you allow them to kind of uncover their layers. I think it's truly a gift. So that's my little backstory on that. But I would love it if you could kind of share a little bit about how Enneagram has personally helped you kind of show up the way that you do as a solopreneur. So like what would maybe be for other type sevens, other kind of creative visionaries, enthusiastic visionaries, what would be maybe a stumbling block that you experienced that through this work, you've actually kind of transformed yourself? Mm. Sure, I've got a few examples of that. The first thing that comes to mind is 
how the Enneagram helped me let go of my face-to-face body talk practice. Um, it was a huge decision for me because I'd spent six years building a business. Um, I had a great client base, but I was finding myself getting incredibly fatigued. Um, and I'd kind of lost the joy for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at the situation through the lens of the Enneagram, because I still do that from time to time, even with, even with living and breathing, it's when I'm faced with a particular dilemma, I often come back to my own lens and, and, and view it through that way to see how it influences my thinking. And in this particular situation, I realized that just because I had the capacity to hold space for people in a therapy sense, so through the body talk work, it was very, uh, very much based on the past. And that was, that was exhausting me. And sevens are very future-oriented people. They thrive in the, in the world of possibilities and ideas and concepts and visions. Um, and it helped me understand that the coaching space felt so much lighter for me because it's, it's thinking about the future. Yes, we, we, we dive into past patterns, but it's with the view of, well, what does the future hold for us? So, for, so seeing that realization made a big difference. The other thing that is a big one for sevens is that we tend to be, you know, in, in our, in our love for concepts and ideas and theories, we often take on too much and get excited by too many things all at the same time. Um, so the vice for a seven is, is gluttony. Something feels good. If something's bringing joy, then we want more, 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 more of it. (laughs) (laughs) I've had to really get conscious about the choices I make in my business. So as an example, if a new idea comes along, and it seems exciting and the person is, is lovely and there's a good resonance and I can get caught up in the enthusiasm of this next great idea. But I, I've now learned that that's a tendency of a type seven mm. and I've had to really slow down and learn to stay the course on a couple of things at a time and that's to see the beauty of that. Absolutely. That is huge. That's absolutely such a key point. And I think whether you're a seven or not, maybe it's amplified when you're a seven, but do you find that many solopreneurs, especially the new ones, but I think across the board in this online marketing space, especially, it's so easy to have the tendency of the new and the shiny, of the next course that's going to transform you, of the next blueprint that's going to make you realize that if you follow their system, you'll magically make six or seven figures as well. Do you see that now in the business world that um, it's very easy for people to kind of be grabbing at the new shiny? Absolutely. And I think we are so inundated with the have-tos and this is going to transform your business and seven-figure success. It used to be six-figure, now it's seven-figure. <laughs> um, and it's quite exhausting. What I've noticed is that depending on people's type, they'll engage with that in a different way and for a different reason. And most of the time, it's because you're trying to avoid something that's uncomfortable to us. So, you know, a type two, for instance, might um, be looking for recognition and affirmation. So if somebody is 
offering a new idea, the motivation for taking it on might be because there's potential for acknowledgement. Whereas for a seven, it would be a different motivation. Same behavior, as in there's something new and shiny and exciting, but the motivation would be more about, well, actually, I've been doing this for quite a while and it's getting a little bit boring and there's the potential to feel uncomfortable, so I'm going to move myself out of it in case the boredom lingers. So each type will have a different reason for engaging, but Mm. you're absolutely right that the outcome is this you know, I, I need to do all things to all people. Wow, Absolutely. that's really interesting that the impetus is different based on your type, but the action and result is the same. And I wonder with the psychology of marketing, where they're really kind of um, many of them, I won't blanket statement that, but I think many um, experts in the psychology of marketing really kind of utilize that fear of missing out you know, and I think that it's like, oh, you know, this is how it's going to be. And it's, um, I think across the board, I mean, whether the, the personality type has a different root reason, you know, maybe it's, they want to be perfect in what they do. Maybe it's insecurity and they feel they need to keep learning more in order to be an X, Y, Z, like one more course. I hear that a lot from my clients, you know, I just need to learn one more thing. And it's like, okay, you already have 12 certifications. In fact, I just had a client and her email signature was like a whole list of all of her certifications. And I was like, I would, I would um, invite you to change that signature line, you know, but we're so um, I think wanting to validate, many want to validate, and, and these kind of new and shiny things almost offer this light of like, oh, yeah, once I get that, you know, then it'll all be good. I think that's why this work fascinates me so much because what I often find happening is people come to me because they think that it's an, a plan or a goal or a marketing strategy or an approach that's going to solve what they perceive as their problem. Mm. So it doesn't matter if they're coming to me because they're burnt out or because they're overwhelmed or because they've got too many things on their plate or they've lost the joy for their work. None of the strategy and the marketing will actually help unless you've taken a look at yourself and why you are showing up in the way you are. Why are you being triggered in the way you are? Why are you responding to situations and people in the same way every time? And once we shine a light on that and you can start recognizing these patterns, it's incredibly freeing because then you can see them for what they are. And yes, they might show up again in the future. They will show up again in the future. We know that. Mm-hmm. But at least now you, you're familiar with them so that you, exactly as you're saying before, you can pause and you can, you can choose a different story this time. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play it out again and again and again. And that's, I feel, where business growth comes from. I think that's incredibly valuable. I think that this type of work is really high on the priority list of investment because you take you with you wherever you go, and it's not somebody else's thing. It's not somebody else's packaged product or blueprint or kind of canned version. And there's many people that don't have that. I'm not degrading any other kind of um, offerings, but I do feel that personal growth work, especially when you start to see repetitive patterns that you can benefit your business life as well. It is on the high, high list of, of priorities in my book because it's, um, it's something that 
never expires, right? Because we have these patterns many times from whether it's a past life, that if you believe in that, or childhood issues, traumas, patterns, the way we were up, you know, the way our upbringing kind of encouraged our culture or our paradigms, that doesn't change. So it's, it's really, it's, um, it's very exciting. I get very excited about this work. Can you share with us um, maybe a, a business story or maybe a, a case study, if, if you could, about somebody that came to you? I know you work a lot with teams as well. So you do one-on-one work with individuals, but you also have the Enneagram for teams, which I find really fascinating. And I'm sure that's a whole nother layer of how you as the expert have to approach it because now you have lots of puzzle pieces coming into the mix Can you talk about maybe um, a case study of a team that you worked with and the kind of the before and the transformation after sharing the Enneagram work? Mm. So what I like about the Enneagram with teams is that you get two layers. So each person gets to understand their own unique Enneagram type. And then through the one-on-one coaching, they get the benefit of seeing themselves in a fresh way and working through their own particular dilemmas or issues, depending on where they're at. When we come together in a team, we also look at the, the Enneagram number for the entire team. And that's fascinating because sometimes you'll, you'll get an Enneagram number that isn't represented by any one person there because it's, it's about the chemistry. It's about the interaction of those individual people. And that then enables the team to do two things. So firstly, at a team level, they get to understand, all right, we function as a whatever type. Um, What does this mean for us as a team? How do we respond to challenges? How do we get what we want? How do we behave when we don't get what we want? Where are we falling short? Where are our strengths? How can we harness those for even better results? The second level is because they've been through such a personal journey themselves, Mm. there is such a shared understanding amongst the various members of the team because they understand that everybody has their story. Everybody is approaching Mm. this job, this work, this business from their own unique perspective, which comes with its own strengths, but also comes with its own stories and fears and worries and doubts. Mm. So the empathy that you start seeing develop between different members of the team and the trust that then comes from that is, is really lovely. So mm. you asked for an example. There was a team that I worked with that identified as a seven team. And they could see that once they understood the sevenness, they could, they could see that very clearly in how the team was, was behaving. So, very enthusiastic about new projects that came their way. So a group of consultants, um, a new idea came along and they just, they wanted to go after it. The the guy that was one of the co-partners was completely swamped, um, completely pulled apart in so many directions. He was absolutely exhausted and he, he honestly was at a point where a business that he had been working in for 20 years, he was thinking of calling it quits because he, he just lost the joy and lost the capacity wow. um, to operate in this way. His partner um, identified with a t- type eight, get things done, make things happen, um, 
if people want too much of me, then it's not going to happen. So I'll just ignore them for a while and everybody must just do what they need to do. Um, so it was an interesting dynamic because they had a couple of different numbers in their team, including um, a couple of twos who were feeling incredibly out of sorts from all of this. So they were not feeling heard. They were feeling that the pace at which this was all unfolding was just too frenetic. They felt like they never got one-on-one -on -one time with each other or from, from the people they reported into. Um, and the whole thing was kind of feeling like it was flying a bit by the seat of its pants with no real structure. Um, and this is where the Enneagram can be so helpful because when we learn to use its inbuilt mechanism, so the lines, if, you, if, if people have seen the actual um, Enneagram doll, our number each points to a different line, which gives us clues as to what kind of energy we can start inviting in. So for this team they learned that if they just brought in the one energy of the strict perfectionist, which in a very simple sense is, you know, dotting your I's, crossing your T's, getting everything in order, putting systems in place, having regular catch-up meetings, putting the, all the training material in the database, setting up and filming training sessions for each of the team members, very much you know, clear boundaries and, and organization and systems that made a massive difference for them. Massive, wow. massive, massive difference. Um, I could go on about this particular team because there are many benefits that came out of it, but that's remarkable. It really, really helped them. That's really remarkable. So I can see that the um, amazing transformation that can happen when a team is already in place, not only on an individual basis of having that personal insight, the compassion and empathy uh, for your other coworkers. I think it's a very powerful team building exercise because of all of that sharing and that, that personal um, kind of unveiling. It's a very vulnerable uh, situation because once once somebody knows your number there's a little exposure there because just kind of like our zodiac signs there's certain personality traits that come out pretty much consistently and what I find that with the Enneagram as well so I would imagine that layer of vulnerability that gets peeled back for your team and everybody's kind of seeing you without your makeup you know that that adds um, kind of a layer of trust because everybody had to expose a little bit and step in a little bit and um, I, I love your quote that I read on on your website where once we know kind of the light aspects and the dark aspects of ourselves we can kind of show up and not be falling asleep on ourselves I'm probably butchering that quote but the the <laughs> the essence is that we all have light and dark within us right but knowing that and being aware of it we can kind of um, design our life like you say in a way that kind of serves us I did have one question, if I could just back up in regard to the teams, because I'm very curious about this personally. Do you find that it would also benefit an employer to know the Enneagram type before they either hire that individual or place them in a certain position? So this has been raised in um, quite a few Enneagram trainings, and the view is no. Oh. And... So I know certain person, certain personality profiling systems agree with this. They do follow that approach. Um, 
And I agree with the no. Um, and I'll tell you why. What we're trying to do through understanding our Enneagram type is learn to step out of that box that we've been living in our whole life. So we've been repeating these patterns and living in a certain way. And we now have an understanding beyond that. So we want to integrate. So we want to shift beyond that. And we want to be able to invite in the energies of the other types too, as we need them in different situations. I think the danger with using it in recruitment or even in our relationships by saying, oh, you're such a type four, you know, <laughs> we, we're pushing the people back in their box um, and we then inviting them to only carry out behaviors that are in alignment with that particular type. So if I take, say, type five, the quiet specialist, which in its stereotypical sense, you can think of um, the professor who's sitting behind closed doors and needs lots of space and maybe a little bit socially awkward. I'm obviously taking a very extreme of that type. Mm -hmm. But if you now expect that person to show up as a type five, you might never give that person a leadership position or you might never um, put them in front of your clients or you mm -hmm. might never give them work that's more creative and less analytical because you've really decided that they're a type five. Wow. That's amazing. I'm so glad that you explained that. I think um, I was familiar with the DISC personality profiling. And when I had employees, that was always a big thing that we did, whether they were on the team or they came in, that was something that we always, you know, kind of profiled their personality. And I found that it saved turnover when we knew what main category they were. And in and, and that you know, system, there's only four. So I think the Enneagram is much deeper. I think there's a lot more layers. And like you talked about the lines and supporting personalities. So it's much deeper. But I found that if we had a repetitive job, then an S would be perfect for that because they, they like the slow and steady. They weren't going to get bored. You know, whether there was an influential position that we had, we would put somebody in that personality type in sales. I really found it, it, it helped. The minute we started adopting that, which I guess just goes to say that one, every team is individual. And two, like the more information you have, the more power that you have. But I love that you kind of bring it to the next level of why put somebody in a box. It's good to have that information, but maybe in the recruitment stage in the Enneagram side of things, um, we don't want to kind of pigeonhole them because we want them to be kind of free and integrated and break out of those repetitive patterns. Um, do you have any more to say on that? I think that's a really interesting point. Well, I, ha I have to believe that we're capable of change, that we want transformation. We want our lives to be different, to be better. So the Enneagram is a tool that enables you to explore yourself and to learn and to evolve. Um, and personally, I'm quite anti any kind of approach or use or misuse of any kind of approach that says, well, this is who I am. So, you know, take it or leave it. And it speaks to the often misuse of this kind of technique because, you know, you'll, you'll see a, a senior manager do a particular assessment. And then instead of integrating the learnings and thinking, well, let me look at myself in a new way. Let me see what I can learn from this. They fling the file on the desk of the employees and say, well, now you know who I am. Now you know how to behave around me. Now you know what I like and don't like. Wow. And to me, that's how, that's, that's not really the point. 
That's not Absolutely. All we do. Wow. It's really, it's a kaleidoscope of information. I think that I know that I could talk to you forever and forever, but um, I guess I will pause here and I would love it if you could share anything kind of new and exciting that you have coming up or how people can connect with you. So people can connect with me via my website, which is jessicaace.com. The ace is spelled U-Y-S. Um, I'm also on Instagram um, more recently, and that's also just at Jessica Ace. And then my Facebook page is Jessica Ace Wellness. Mm. Um, and what I'm excited about at the moment is I've been looking at a way of helping people explore just how aligned they are or aren't in their businesses at the moment. So I've spoken to a whole lot of people and come up with um, 10 key areas of business alignment. And why it's exciting to me is that when I work with people around this, it gives me a lot of insight into what's going on in people's businesses and lives at the moment. Mm. So the researcher in me <laughs> still has a fascination with gathering um, insights. But also I offer free sessions for people that apply and are a good fit. And that's exciting to me because it means it's more accessible to, to people um, more widely who just want to start this, this journey of self-exploration and just want to dip their toe in, their water, in the water but aren't quite ready for the whole hug just yet. So that's just something that's... That's awesome. I highly recommend it. I think it is an incredibly useful tool. Definitely something that would benefit people to have it as a line item as one of their monthly expenses because it pays you back in so many ways, both professionally and personally. And uh, I just, it, it gives you a satisfaction that you're on the right track or it gives you kind of a layer of oh, okay, well, if you did one of the little things where maybe you caught a pattern and then it's almost like, okay, wow, I, now I can breathe easy. You know, I didn't maybe jump at a yes or maybe I turned down um, another kind of barter situation because at, at a point in my business, at some point you have to let go of certain things that aren't serving you. Like whatever it happens to be, like you start to feel a little more freedom and it's exactly like you talk about alignment. And I think for people that haven't felt what alignment feels like, once they start putting your work and practice and the Enneagram lens on their life, and then they start to feel alignment, then the light bulb goes off and it's like, there's a click and you're like, I can breathe easier. Oh, this is alignment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is what it could be like all the time. <laughs> yeah, this is what flow is like. This is what freedom's like. And, and I just, I love that. So um, you've shared so many wonderful nuggets of wisdom, but if you were going to leave our listeners with maybe um, a bright light or uh, just kind of a nugget that they could maybe meditate on or practice or ponder, um, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? I just want to say, know yourself. Know yourself is the most powerful thing you can possibly do because it empowers you to make different choices. Absolutely. That's beautiful. 
Thank you so much. This has been really a joy. I really appreciate your time. I highly recommend that people connect with Jessica Ace. Uh, you will not be disappointed. It just is uncovering layer upon layer, and you really need a gentle guide to help you through this process, and you will be blown away at your personal results. So, Jessica, it's a pleasure. I can't wait until we kibitz again. I know that we originally connected digitally when we were both studying at the um, Institute for the Psychology of Eating, and we have been connected ever since, and I know I'm better for it. So you, my friend, um, I adore you, and I can't wait to connect again soon. Very grateful. Thank you, Casey. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.